Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Thank you for this morning. Thank you that you brought us together. Lord, community community and faith is good. This morning we'll sit around the table and be reminded of that brokenness, that broken body and shed blood. And the unity that faith brings us. But we're reminded this morning that this is not all there is in this world. In fact, this is but a a small piece of eternity. And Lord, as we have looked to find rest, I pray that you have challenged us where we sit and where we stand and uh, when we rise and when we go to bed, when we sit around the table, that you have put on our heart the value of finding the rest in you. There's so much more. So much more than the anxious, stressful, frustrating days. You have offered us rest. And today we'll see eternal rest. And remind us, Lord, that we live in light of that eternity now. We have begun to live in eternity. So, Lord, give us the rest we need as we seek you. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's passage is the last, the last piece, the last segment of finding rest. If anybody find rest in the last six weeks, five, this is week six, so... Anybody? Oh man, maybe we need another six weeks. I had it before I started looking for it. Oh, good. <laughs> That's a good sign. This is the last installment. And in some ways, it, it, does, it looks forward. And I want you to hear the passage Revelation 14, 9 through 13. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast, and its image, and receives the mark on the forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and there will be no rest. There will be no rest, day or night, for those who worship the beast and its image, and for anyone who receives the mark of its name. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, for they will rest from their labors. They will rest from their labors, for their deeds will follow them. May God add his blessing to the reading this morning as we prepare our hearts to sit around the table. If you act like a child, you should stay here, though. I mean, if you're not a child. 
Kenny, yeah. Kenny, you need to stay. Says your wife. <laughs> There's a lot could be said there. <laughs> We're going to let that ride, Ken. So today is our last of our rest series, the final installment of rest. And in complete honesty, I hope God has laid on your heart something, somewhere, some importance of taking time to slow down, to acknowledge God's work in your life. We've looked at rest from the beginning. Remember in Genesis when God stepped back from what he had created, this beautiful earth. He stepped back and recognized that it was good. And then we talked about Sabbath rest, finding that time to slow down. Remember when God's people came into the promised land and everyone around them worked seven days a week. And God set up a plan that said, listen, I want you to take off the Sabbath and I will sustain your needs. You're going to look different than all those around you. They're going to sell their wares for seven days a week. And you're going to sell yours for six. And I will sustain you. I will provide for your needs. I think the key word there is needs. And then we looked at rest from the running when Elijah was on his... Elijah had watched God do this great miracle and he got afraid and he ran for his life. And he ran into that cave and he waited to hear from God and it wasn't until that small, still voice, that quietness, that he found God's voice. And then Brentley preached about Jesus resting in the back of the boat. And finding rest when we're all worn out. And today we're going to talk a little bit about eternal rest. Now I, I will tell you that I'm kind of excited about hearing some of your feedback. I've gotten some feedback about how difficult it has been to put rest where it belongs in our life, to slow down and take notice of God working in our lives. I've heard lots of stories, one of someone who had plans for after church and felt convicted not to do those things on Sunday afternoon and rather to slow down long enough to find some rest. See, I think this is where the no, maybe not. Maybe I'm not going to get to work. Oh, you know what? It's not plugged in. That's probably why it's not working. That's a, that's a magical miracle. Well, that's going to be a change of pace. That's okay. We will sort that out as we go. Um, okay, so now where was I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, Zach, can you, uh, when I, like, point this thing at you, can you pretend, like, can your eyes light up like this and change the button? Can you make that work? Sweet. I knew you could do that. So this is what it looks like on Sunday afternoon at my house if, if I don't lay on the couch. 
Um, if I try to sit up on the couch and my wife makes fun of me, she mocks me. She's like, you're sleeping in the chair. Just lay on the couch. <laughs> I'm learning how to rest. And I will tell you that this has been a great series, if no one else got anything out of it. It's been a great series for me to step back and say, what is this life about? Is it about doing the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing? Or is it recognizing that I'm on a mission and along you, you are on a mission, that God has put us on a, a mission, a plan, and trying to rationalize that scripture that says, my burden is light and easy, my yoke is light and easy. When in complete honesty, it doesn't always feel light and easy. Sometimes it feels very heavy and burdensome. And so that's been a real, that's been the, the, the pushback. I read the scripture and I know it's true. And yet, sometimes in my life, it doesn't feel that way. I sometimes feel wore out and I feel tired and I'm really quick to tell people about that. And I like to whine about it. You guys like to whine about it? I like to whine about it. My life is terrible. Not really. But I like to whine about how busy I am. And I think, if God set all this up and set everything in motion and set this plan in, in this path in my life, and he says, take the next step and take the next step and take the next step, his plan was that it would be light and easy. Not, you know where the problem lies? The problem lies not with God, but with me. See, because I choose not to allow him to carry the load. I know none of you have done that, or do that, or will ever do that, but that, for me, is the problem. I decide that I'll take care of this. I'll worry about the things I need to worry about, and then I'll worry some more. And then it'll wake me up in the middle of the night. And then it'll get me up at three in the morning when I can't sleep. Because that's helpful. I don't know if it's helpful for you, but it's not really helpful for me. I think it's helpful. So today we're going to talk about eternal rest. We're going to put a nice little bow on this series about eternal rest. We're going to look forward to what we have to look forward to. This, hey Zach, thank you sir, you're awesome. The verse in the middle of this, or the last verse, it says, blessed are those, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord for their deeds will follow them. We use that verse a lot in an internment at a graveside uh, for a believer in Christ. And one of the reasons we use that is, we, we said, blessed are those who have died uh, in the Lord, those who have died with faith, because their deeds will follow them. And, and a lot of times what, what we say is their deeds are those of you who are alive, those who, who have, have been impacted by this person. And so when I originally picked this scripture, that was the reason I picked it. Um, but I quickly realized that there was a lot more going on uh, in this passage, and I, need to add it a, I needed to add a few more before that. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because it's, there's a contrast. Uh, John sees this vision of a contrast of, of those who are in God and those who are not in God. 
And the contrast is very clear. Those who are not of God will not have rest. They will not have eternal rest. That's what the verse says. And those who die in the Lord will find rest. And at the end of the day, thank you, Zach, you have to pick a side. You have to pick a side. You're going to pick God's side or Satan's side. Now, there's lots of people who think they can go through life just kind of waffling in the middle. This is not a horseshoe game. Close is not good. It's not good enough. In the words of uh, the band Rush, if you're a rock and roll, there's a song called Free Will. And the words, the lyrics go like this. You can choose a ready guide in some celestial voice. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Understand what I'm saying this morning. It's whether you make a choice to follow God. If you are not making a choice to follow God, you are following Satan. And you are leading yourself to eternal damnation. Not what Dan says, but what the scriptures are very clear about. And this contrast in the scripture is you will find rest in God. You will not find rest anywhere else. And no matter what, we make a choice. We pick a side. Again, not my words. That's what Scripture tells us. You're picking a side, whether you want to pick it or not. If you choose not to follow God, you're picking a side. Because Scripture says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him, you will be saved. That's the key to this whole thing. If you want to be on, on the side of God, if you want to find eternal rest, if you want your uh, eternity to be with God, you have to confess that he is your Lord and believe that he was raised from the dead. You can't come to church and sit in a pew. You can't put enough money in the offering plate. You can't have good enough neighbors or friends or family to get you into heaven. This is the requirement. This is how you pick a side. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So simple and yet so profound. Man, I, I, like this, I like this clicker better than the other clicker. This guy's responsive. You're going to have to take up your cross and follow Jesus. It's that simple. We can, we can read lots of verses that make it a lot more complicated. We can read lots of things and try to sort them out, and we can do all kinds of great philosophical uh, thought processes and, um, and brainstorming and all that stuff, but here's where it's at. You have to believe that Jesus died on the cross and that he was raised again and then take up your cross and follow him. That's what happened at that, that table when, the, when that last supper, when Jesus was sitting around the table 
his guys, his buddies. That was that, that moment when they needed to follow him, right? And we know what happened that night. Everything got scattered and messed up, and yet they all came back. They all came back, and they followed Jesus. And 12 men would change the world. Guys ever say this? No rest for the wicked. Guess what? Verse 11. That's the verse. I didn't know it was scriptural until I got to reading that verse, and I'm like, there is no rest for the wicked. That's a, that's a scripture verse. Now, this is just a, just a touch off of that, but it, that is the verse, right? For those who are wicked, there will be no rest. All right, Zach. But those who know God will rest from their labor and their deeds will follow them. All right, Zach, good job. There's a verse in between those two verses, and I, and I, and I want to encourage you and share with you and remind you that this calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commands to, and remain faithful to Jesus. That is the challenge for today. That is the challenge moving forward. Patient endurance for the people of God. Keep his commandments and remain faithful. There are going to be challenges. And I, and I you know, there are people who say this is, we're at the end times. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's some signs, right? We, we, we read the scripture and it says there are birthing pains. And there are some things that really stick out. And I, and I look back even 10 years of ministry and I say, boy, the things have changed in 10 years. I don't know what they'll look like in 10 more years. But remember this, in scripture, God's people were looking for his return and a mere 30 years after he had rose again. And they were looking for that. And they said, and I, and I know this, it's one day closer than it was yesterday. It calls for patient endurance. If you want to find rest, you have to have patient endurance. You just need to know that this is going to be a long haul. What that looks like, I don't know. We'll just keep moving forward. Be faithful to God. Don't lose hope in the difficult moments. I didn't make mention of it, and not much mention of it. Just, I just want to clarify. You know, we read that first verse in like 9. It talks about the mark of the beast. And I, and I know there's lots of people who said, a shot is a beast, blah, 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 you know. All that stuff is going on. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. It says that the sign, we, that the people who take that sign will... My sense is this, that they will very much knowingly take that sign, knowing which side they're going to be on. And they will take it because. Be careful we don't read too much into Scripture in that we try to say that this is the sign or this is the mark or this is the that. Or, I, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't tell us. Remember, this is John's vision that God put on his mind um, some 2,000 years ago, and he's trying to make the most sense of it um, with words. 
And I don't know about you, if you ever have dreams that you really can't explain all of that dream, that's kind of what was going on here. There's a lot more, you know, there's a picture is a thousand words, right? And we think about John's mind and what, he, what God put on his heart, and it's just complicated. I think the key is for us is to be patient, to endure the struggles of this world, to, to close ranks uh, in some ways. And to spend some time in reflection. And here's what I want you to reflect on. How did Jesus live his life? I said it in communion. I alluded to it then. But it, it's really been on my heart all week. This is an awesome book to help us. But if we do all of this and we don't live our life like Jesus lived his life, we're just reading the rules. And that became very apparent this past week as I was reading that book. That we take on some of the stuff of Jesus and the way he lived his life on a mission and then other pieces we throw to the side. It's like trying to do, so how would Jesus live today is what I kept thinking about. How would Jesus live today in this world? He, obviously, he was countercultural then. Just think about what he would look like today if he would, was walking down Williams Road. I guarantee he didn't care one little bit about his 401k. Right? I guarantee, I can guarantee you. They can't, now, you could say, well, yeah, because there wasn't a 401k. You don't think those people put money aside or tried to put money aside? Tried to um, store up their, what's he say? Store up your treasures uh, in heaven, right? So you can say, well, I didn't have a 401k. You're right. You didn't have a 401k. They didn't call it that back then. But people stored up stuff trying to protect themselves, trying to, uh, to build enough rations and have enough stuff uh, in tow, and gee, it looks like we do the same thing today. He didn't worry about the things that he didn't need to worry about. He didn't lose sleep over whether he was going to get overtime or not. He worried about people. His focus was on building relationships and sharing the gospel with those people. If you have a job and you go to that job, great. But God didn't give you that job just to make money. He didn't give you that job so that you would put uh, more in your wallet. He put you in that spot because you're on a mission. You're on a mission for him. And I don't know what you do. I, 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 don't, I always used to tell my kids, I don't care what you do when you grow up. Just do it the best you can. Right? If, you're, if you want to be a garbage man, Great. Because I see it this way. God puts us in a place. And he gives us an opportunity. And every day we're making decisions about whether we're going to share the gospel, whether we're going to treat people like God treats them, like Jesus did when he was on this earth. Are we going to wash their feet? Or are we going to try to show them how good we are? How important we are? 
leaves us with this question. How are you living your life? That's a challenge. Jesus lived his life from the beginning to the end on a mission. And I know that most of us will say, well, I know I still got some years left in me. We don't know that. None of us, not a one of us knows that. We don't know when the story ends, or at least our story ends. And I guess maybe it comes with age. But the older I get, the more I realize that that legacy that I want to leave leads me in a certain direction. That the legacy that I think God has put into my life points me in a direction where certain things become more important than other things. And I got tested this week. And, and I'm thankful for it. And I'll just, I'll leave it at that. I, God, God said, no, he didn't say it verbally. But he set this opportunity out in front of me. And I had been thinking about it for a while. And then the opportunity shifted. And then it was going to cost me something. It cost me some money. Not a, my wife's like, I have no clue because I haven't talked to her about it, but it's not, it's not, we didn't lose the house, honey. We don't have one to lose. <laughs> the cars are all still, no. So God set this, this, this really cool idea out. And something happened. And it was one of those, all right, dude, put your money where your mouth is. And I'm not saying money is my God, but, but it became very clear in my mind that if you're going to preach a sermon and you're going to tell people to live the life that God has put in front of you and he has blessed you with a savings account that affords you to do this, then you better do it. And I'm not telling you that so you can pat me on the back because it wasn't one of those kind of things. It was one of those, you better cement this. Are you on a mission? And if you're on a mission to save other people, to build relationships, then you know that God has set this out there in front of you and you better do it. And do it before you get uh, cold feet. Thank you, Zach. Because we're called to live on a mission. We have a responsibility with whatever God has put in front of us. If it's one talent or five talents or ten talents, you know that parable. It's not important how many talents you have. The reality is be faithful with, God, with what God has given you. You know that parable, right? The guy with one, he buried him. He buried it because he was afraid. He was afraid. He said, you're a hard man, and I was afraid if I lost that one, you'd punish me. And the other ones doubled their money. So it's not about how much you have. It's about how or if you're willing to share in the mission God has put you on. And it may not be money. It may be for you time. It may be for you, for you energy. It may be for you 
to bury the hatchet and, and offer an olive branch? How often do we have issues in relationships where we just need to offer an olive branch or we just need to say we're sorry? And Yeah, it's going to be bumpy. Yeah, no doubt. But I asked myself, how would Jesus do a broken relationship? How would he do that? What would that look like? I don't claim to do it always the right way. But it reminds me of what I need to do and what it needs to look like. Let's pray. Lord, your word is challenging. Challenging because we realize that in order to find rest, to find your rest, we need to do it your way. And Lord, so often we get so tangled up in relationships and struggles and um, financial issues and all these things that keep us up at night. And we realize that if we could just give it to you, we would find that rest. Lord, may we live in light of the eternal rest that you offer us. May we be, Lord, when we get to the end of this life, good and faithful son. May we live in eternal rest because our blessings have followed us. In your name we pray. Amen.